Hey everyone, Al here. Before we begin tonight's special episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Diabolical Coffee. It's devilishly good coffee and diabolically awesome swag. There's a roast for all tastes. You can order whole bean, coarse and standard grind, espresso. There's even a K-cup option for single cup brewers. And right now you can use a promo code PROTOSTAND for 20% off anything in the store. That's 20% off all coffee and merch. Thank you, Diabolical Coffee and Eric for your support. Now, here's our chat with Kehlani Rose. While we are gathering virtually today, we acknowledge that each of us is on the traditional territory of many nations across Turtle Island. We record in Toronto, the traditional territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. Today, it is home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. We offer this acknowledgement as a stepping stone toward honoring the original occupants, a testimony to the oppression faced by Indigenous peoples, and our commitment to creating dialogues aimed at addressing such systemic injustice. That fresh produce stand there, that's a beauty. What do you listen to? My favorite murder podcast. Taggart and Torrance podcast. The produce stand. Ah, fucking sexy. It's Thirsty Thursday, and that means we are once again hanging out at the produce stand podcast covering everything in the universe. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are many other Letterkenny podcasts out there, but this one finally got its first female cast member interview. I'm Al, your host, and joining me in the room is the lovely Tanya. And online, we have Squirrely Matt. Victor is gallivanting across Europe by train, so he can't join us, but he is in his bliss. And joining us this week, she's an award-winning filmmaker, actor, DJ, classically and culturally trained dancer. She won the 2021 award for Best Choreography at the Cannes World Film Festival for the film Within the Silence. You may have seen her on shows like Flimsy or the film The Color Rose, but we all know and love her as Miguan on Shorzy. Please join me in making some noise for Kaylani Rose. I regret nothing. Welcome to the produce stand, Kaylani. <laughs> I don't think she knew what hit her then. No. I don't even know what to say. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Mahalo. Mahalo. Thank you so much for joining us tonight uh, today. I mean, I said it in your intro, but <clears throat> thank you for being the brave first female cast member we've had on the show. We've interviewed most of the sluts from Shorzy. We've interviewed a lot of the male sta- uh, male cast members on Letter Kenny, but the, the 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 ladies have eluded us. I think they they think we're you know I don't know creepy or something. So even though my wife here has tried to to tell him it's okay, but uh, <laughs> here you are. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's start with where are you joining us from? All right. Um, yeah. So here we go. A little duck health for you. Mm-hmm. Um, my traditional language from here in Clately Two Rivers territory. Okay. Uh, Thank you. 
So uh, my name is Kehlani. Mm -hmm. I am the daughter of Nani Brown. I am the great granddaughter of Captain Owen Forrester Brown and the great great granddaughter of the legendary Granny Seymour. I'm coming to you live from Tlitlitene uh, territory, the people where the two rivers flow together, also known as Prince George in uh, central interior BC. Very nice. And I was born and raised here um, and I've just come home. So it's really good to be joining you from my traditional homelands today. Amazing. So you're up in Prince George, BC. What's it up like, like there right now? Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. uh, a little some, buggy. A little, little buggy. Oh, yeah? They're getting excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the snow has melted, the river is high, and the sun is out. So cannot complain. It, it feels great. And thank you for that intro of your from yourself. That, that, made, that made me like shudder a little. That was, sounded so amazing. And just I love that you did that. So thank you. Thanks, for sharing Betty. that with us. It's <laughs> it really amazing. exciting to share it with you because uh, I am just learning it myself. And I feel like um, being able to continue carrying revitalization with our language is so, so meaningful to me. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. Yeah, it was that. amazing. <laughs> um, so you say you're from there originally. So you were born and raised in uh, Prince George? Yes, I was. Uh, but I've seen you. You're also you also have a home in Hawaii or, or is that... Um, What's your connection there to, to those islands? So mom's family is also from there. There's quite a few intersections with mm -hmm. our indigenous roots. Right. So we have a, a great, great grandpa of mine who came here um, and is renowned for his navigational skills. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, Polynesian following the stars. Right. Um, but yeah, fell in love with a plately woman. Um, so those indigenous roots intertwined and, um, the family from the islands of Hawaii, uh, originally comes from Maui, mm -hmm. which I have yet to visit, oh. but my family right now lives on the big Island Kona side, which has a special place in my heart for sure. It's a, a, one of those places we've always wanted to visit mm -hmm. and one day, one day yeah. I'll get out there for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, I mean, your, your, your IMDb and, and, and actually your, your, your background is, is interesting because like I said, you're an artist, you're, you're an actor, you're a dancer. What comes first? What, what did you, what's your first love? Ooh, uh, my first love and forever love will be dance and mm -hmm. movement. I learned that growing up in the household from my mother who learned it from her father, uh, traditional hula. And um, that was the thing that, I mean, she has photos of me standing up, like I'm learning how to stand mm -hmm. and I'm like, I can fit <laughs> underneath the chair <laughs> and I'm dressed up in my lay and, and she was, you know, sharing her hula and, and I'm like, that was, that was the beginnings, like still getting my legs, but already moving. So I think that that's a language that I know and that I love because it's so universal. Mm-hmm. How far did you take that? Did you go on to to you know, like uh, study it post secondary? Um, yes. So <laughs> I'll be real with you. Hmm. My first dream and the path that I thought I would be on right now was to dance with Beyonce. Nice. <laughs> At least you were dreaming big. Right? Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna throw it out there, guys. My birthday's in August, so if anybody wants to get me Beyonce tickets in Vancouver. Nice. Don't worry, our, our listeners are on it already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all but no, for real. Uh, uh, post secondary, yeah, I moved. <laughs> I uh, had a scholarship for a four year ride up at UNBC, um, but we don't really at the time we didn't have much of an arts program, and mm -hmm. that's where all my loves are. So I registered uh, because my mom was super stoked, mm -hmm. and I dropped out before I even finished a semester, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I ended up going down to Vancouver to pursue dance. 
uh, to so-called Vancouver, to the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh uh, traditional territories. And um, kind of followed a path of, of classical ballet, and then that ended up turning into more commercial and um, urban, or not, I'm not saying urban anymore, but like more commercialized uh, styles because I landed a Disney cruise ship contract. Oh, nice. nice. Oh, very cool. Kind of my first like dance break and a really enjoyable uh, time of life. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of my family is still in the dance world. I love the intersectionality. Whenever there's an opportunity to bring dance and weave it into my creative projects that I do, and um, I'll just do a little detour story for you guys if Go you for want. It. Yes, Absolutely. we love those. I, um, we love stories. <laughs> awesome. I uh, I was just uh, participating in a collaborative arts festival up here in Clayton Territory called Community Moves, put together by a good friend of mine, Shelby, who uh, Shelby Richardson, who has Method Dance Company, and it's a contemporary company. And this festival was so cool because they basically just, it was its first annual, and I'm really excited for it to come back. Mm. But um, they brought together all the intersections of artists you could imagine. It was just like this creative pot of like, hey, what do you do? What do we want to do? And how do we put it all together? So we had contemporary dancers, we had poets, we had actors, we had visual artists, painters, graphic designers, and everybody just kind of collaborated between these 12 different pieces. And we had this community showcase that was just the best creative energy. So nice. the piece that I shared with uh, the three dancers, the heart player and the visual artist uh, is called Riverwork. Mm-hmm. And the theme of it that we co-created was just um, what it means to embrace the teachings of the water and the river where we live here as um, a collective responsibility towards embracing truth and healing and how we're working together to really um, move forward as a, as a community. So um, it gives me chills thinking about these opportunities that, that come together where I can really offer those gifts of dance and storytelling and now um, representation for my culture. And so, yeah, I guess it's my first love. Dance is my first love and it's still, it's, it's carrying through with me um, in so many, in so many ways and kind of, I'm going to go on a whole other tangent, but I'm just going to pause right there and just say, I love it. It's part of my soul. And it's definitely been like sort of the Kickstarter for all the other episodes. Well, you're certainly passionate though. You can see. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Uh, This river work, is is this available somewhere online that we can uh, watch it or direct people to go see it? Um, I don't know if there is a recording released yet, but, um, well, if there is share it with us and we will definitely amplify mm-hmm. it through our channels. Cause, uh, Thank that'd be great. So yeah. Much. yeah, for sure. I'll, I will get that to you. And you know what you just, uh, you just sparked me another, another, I was going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Now it's gone. It's okay. We'll come back. If it comes back, no problem. Just, uh, interrupt whatever we're saying. And, 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 uh, cause we're here for you. So let's yeah. talk about. I mean, you, the dancing, obviously, you're very uh, passionate about that. And uh, so this, uh, I mean, this is a big deal. You win a, a Best Choreography at the Cannes Film Festival. So this is for dancing that you did for a movie. Is that uh, is that what happened there? Yes. It's a short film that my friend Jade Taylor wrote and directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I'm so happy. I'm just so happy to talk about this one. Representation for the Disabled Community. We had uh, a beautiful story that she wrote about um, domestic abuse and sort of the the gift of um, imagination 
and creativity in terms of healing as well. So we follow this young seven-year-old girl uh, who is is deaf and sort of we witness the domestic uh, violence that's happening in her home and her her fairy tale world she goes into and kind of it's like a fairy godmother type uh, role the pixie she takes her into into her fairy tale realm where she escapes from that violence and um, at the very end you kind of see how her mother takes charge of kind of ending that cycle. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just a beautiful depiction of resilience. And the wonderful thing about that experience itself was exploring accessibility mm. on set because right. the the casting was very authentic to the role. So we had this young girl who was hearing impaired. And so it was a, a really wonderful opportunity for our, ca- our whole entire crew and cast to learn the basics of American Sign Language and mm. practice that. And right. it was so so cool too because we really had to get creative with our cueing because there was no way to say action you know it was like very visual and it just was such an eye-opening experience in itself and then to be able to weave together choreography that also showed um sort of that relationship from between arts and um expression Mm -hmm. from this little girl's perspective uh yeah it was a special one for sure (laughs) Well, it's amazing. I, I, sorry, and I love that. Like, I imagine that was experience. Like, putting yourself in the shoes of anyone, or or that eye-opening experiences when you were embedded in them. You know, we take a lot of things for granted, and I'm sure, like, like you said, you could even say action, like a simple gesture like that, is a whole different world to someone with a disability. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's pretty wild to to think through. But I, I love that you guys embrace the authenticity around that and and kept it real. Mm-hmm. Were you able to go to Cannes for the the festival? Unfortunately not. Aww. That was the COVID year. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> one a, day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> uh, but still, still a great. Congratulations, uh, yeah, though. That's exactly. a great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, according to your IMDb, your first acting role or credit, anyway, is The Color Rose, also in 2020. So, can you tell us a little bit about that one? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, a great group of humans. A really wonderful time because we filmed it up here in uh, in the north, if you want to call it that, or sure. over on the west coast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a story exploring sort of uh, teenage friendships, belonging. Um, there was a lot, a lot going on with that piece. But um, what I can say is, the seven of us, um, sort of the the main gang, the gaggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just a long-standing relationship from that from that film and it's on I think it's on all platforms right now um it actually changed its name once it got picked up by distributors so now I think it's known as the sinners but um originally uh I believe the the creator was hoping for it to be called the color rose or it was that's its original oh okay so maybe that's why I couldn't find it so the sinners I'll have to check that one out yeah. for sure so <laughs> I mean uh so how did you get into acting then I mean how did this come about So this is a really interesting question because (laughs) what it makes me think of, Matt's giving me such a look right now. (laughs) Okay. No, no, you're going somewhere. So I'm getting my attention. (laughs) It makes me think about what acting is. And when I break that down for myself, what I come to is storytelling. Mm -hmm. It's um, exploration of humanity, what our relationships mean um, and who we are just as humans. 
I think about when that first entered into into a value system or a communication system and how that is embedded in my life. And I, I really think on sort of a spiritual and cultural level, it's in my blood. Mm-hmm. My ancestors from Klaitli and also my Kanakamali ancestors from Hawaii, um, we had no written languages. Right. Pre-contact. Oh, and yeah. so everything, history, traditions, language, um, all of our knowledge was passed down through storytelling, through dance, through chant. And so there is definitely a, a really deep connection to storytelling in sort of an innate way of being that is um, that's really special to me and that I and that I feel really honored to be to be doing as a career, as a passion, as um, this contemporary form um, in honor of my ancestors and everyone who came before me. So I think in a really like deeply spiritual sense, it, it's always a part of me and a mm-hmm. part of who I come from. And then if I'm talking about a more sort of technical, um, physical breakdown of, of life and Kehlani and what the pathway was with that, it definitely came into my lap. Like it was a more of a thing that found me, right. wasn't ever searching for it. And to be real with you guys, I never knew that I could, that I could play in this world. Mm. When I was growing up, there was not, a whole lot of representation, if yeah. any, that I saw of people who looked like me, of indigenous women, of of mixed race women, um, playing any roles at all. I think it really limited my awareness of of how to be included in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it just wasn't on my radar, and I, I really was pursuing the dance the dance pathway. And it was only because I went in search of an agent for dance. Mm acting fell into my lap because the person um, that I submitted to was like, sure, I'll take you on the roster. You're dope, but you're going to go take acting class. Right. And so I was like, okay, fun. (laughs) So, I mean, with everything you talked about there and, and your connection with, with this space, when you, when you finally got that first opportunity, did you, did you find it a very natural transition for yourself or were there some real challenges in, in, in putting yourself in front of a camera and, and, and taking on these roles and these, and these personalities, um, how did you shift into that? Hmm. Excellent question. I think that I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful to have acting in my life because, um, because of how healing it is personally and intergenerationally. I know that a lot of my childhood conditioning, not to get into a whole deep, dark pathway, but there was a lot of abuse um, in my family and um, a lot of conditioning towards being silent. Mm -hmm. And that was the best way to stay safe. So I don't think I had a lot of comfort with my voice and um, entering into the world of acting really guided me towards a confidence with, with my voice and towards a, a courage with embracing my voice that I, that I, that I'm so grateful for. That's amazing. Uh, so I think there was a, so definitely like some, some trauma to break through, but it felt so liberating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've definitely found your voice and let's, we won't get too far away from acting, but we do, I just want to really quickly touch upon your, your production too. I mean, why don't we talk about the birth of two rivers and a rose filmworks incorporated? What's, what is that? Hmm. <laughs> This is a culmination of 
the namesake of my place, the mission that I'm on as an artist, and what it feels like to rise. I love that. So Two Rivers, as you know, is the place that I was born in. Mm -hmm. It's my people. It's what guides me um, in life. You know, these, these teachings of convergence, these teachings of unity, of the strength in coming together, um, and also the intersections as an artist. I find so much resonance like in, in that as part of my identity. Um, the rhythm of it is also a cool story. I was, <laughs> I was nerding out during the pandemic on masterclass. Mm. I'm a big fan of Spike Lee mm. and I was <laughs> going hard with all of his stories. And I started learning about the namesake of his production company, which is 40 acres and a mule. Right. And I'm not sure okay. if you're familiar with it, but for any of the listeners who are not familiar with it, 40 acres and a mule was what was promised in the South to the slaves right. in reparations um, when they were liberated, which was never delivered. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to Spike Lee talk about uh, the birth of his, of his um, productions and the voice that he was trying to amplify for representation of indigenous or of black stories, the representation of black stories in, um, in Hollywood and mainstream media, and just that reclamation of space um, and I really resonated with that. And so I also loved how the, the minute you hear it, it kind of like rolls off the tongue and you're just like, what's the story with right. that? That's yeah. a very specific image. There's gotta be a story. Yeah. So, um, I think just in, in the name of that, uh, reclamation and resurgence from an indigenous perspective, uh, there, there's that element to it as well. And then lastly, the rose part, that's. The two. That's me. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you one more story if that's yeah. okay. I feel like I'm just no, I'm going to no, no, that's what we're that's why we're here yes. up here, Kehlani. This is what we're here for. <laughs> Keep up. So when I originally okay. Uh Rose is originally my middle name. Okay. Kehlani Elizabeth Rose, and then I had another last name, which was my father's last name, but mm -hmm. I legally changed it when I was uh, getting into some of that energy and cleansing that space for myself. I wasn't too sure what the what the new last name was going to be within the family. We were all talking about kind of doing that change together. Mm -hmm. And I was really impatient. I'm just going to say patience is not a strict. <laughs> so in the midst of these discussions and trying to come to a, an idea together, I was like, you know, what, you guys, when it comes, it comes. But for the meantime, I'm just going to keep my middle name. And my sister was like, uh, that's really cool. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, Kehlani Rose. She's like, it's. The past tense of rise. Oh and I was wow! Like, rise didn't even <laughs> done. I didn't even think about that. Wow, um, you're right. Mic drop. Felt, yeah, it just felt like some energy and like a verb yeah. that I really wanted to embody mm -hmm. moving forward. So, mm -hmm. um, so there's that that cool piece to it, and also one other one other piece to the story which really brought me to tears this past year um, in my reconnection journey to Indigenous community. Of course, you guys have gotten to know me a little bit, sort of my first language, my first love, everything that I resonate with is music and dance. Mm -hmm. And when I was coming home to my Clayton community, I was asking my cousins, you know, how do I learn our traditional songs and dances? And the answer for our communities is it all comes from the matriarchal clan. So I have to know my clan to be able to know my songs and dances. 
And that's a, uh, still a big question mark for my family. There's a lot of, of disconnect there within records and within, you know, the whole mess of bureaucracy and, and colonization. But I found out just this year that it traces back to a great ancestor who was born in Lacolands, which translates to the place of the wild roses. Wow. Wow. And when I found that out, I literally sat in my living room for a minute and had, had some tears to myself because I can't explain to you guys how much it means as someone who, as an indigenous person who grew up disconnected from community, coming home and finding belonging and finding family. And so to feel like it was finding me before I found it, it just was like a really, really powerful moment. <laughs> it, it all came together and made sense all at once. It's amazing. Yep. <laughs> wow. So last couple of years have been rough on everybody, but, and, and I really don't want to dwell on this, but let, we just need to touch on it a bit and, and spend as much time as you want or are comfortable with, but we, we need to talk about your, your harrowing ordeal from, from last year. I mean, first of all, how are you doing? Thank you for asking that. I, I appreciate the gentle question. I feel, mm, I feel so grateful um to be here i feel really grateful to be having this conversation with you both with you three right now and and it definitely feels like the days are precious mm-hmm. it feels like a really meaningful fresh start rebirth mm-hmm. in a way especially because um i'm able to come home to where i was born and really reset and really look intentionally at all the firsts that I'm having in this bonus round and how I want to redo them for little Kehlani, you know, the things that might've gone sideways or the things that you, you know, you would want to have for your little person in a good way that maybe weren't so good the first time. So I'm feeling really, really grateful that I can have that awareness coming into this new chapter. Um, I feel I feel physically great. Oh, great. <laughs> like, think, like, yeah, thank you for the question. I think that part was a little bit, um, I think maybe made it even trickier just mm-hmm. because my body was so much ahead of my brain and yeah. my heart and like mentally and spiritually, it took a while to catch up to where I was at physically. And I guess that's a blessing. Yeah. A well, I blessing. mean, especially with dance being such a big part of your life. I mean, was there at any point the time where you thought, oh my God, I that won't be a part of it. Like, I don't want to, again, I don't want to dwell too much on the negative, but I, I'm just trying to see where you were at now, like where you went, came from and where you're at now. Right. I mean, mm. Kehlani rose, you, you rose from this and I love the way you, you call it your bonus round <laughs> that you're, yeah. uh, that's, that's amazing. That's cute. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were some discouraging moments in the hospital for sure. Mm. And there was one moment the night that it happened that I really had, I was fighting so hard and I was conscious on the table in the, in trauma bay in the ER Mm -hmm. the whole time. Um, And I was feeling every single sensation the whole time that they, there is 10, 10 doctors, um, emergency workers, nurses, uh, 10 of them in the room saving me that night. And wow, I can't say thank you enough to those people, but there was definitely one moment where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I just yeah. remember feeling, feeling that pain and being like, I'm fighting so hard. I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting. And then there was one moment where I asked them, I was like, how long is it going to feel like this? Mm. Because of 
what they were trying to do to mm. save my lung. Right. And they told me it would be in there for a few days. And I just remember being like, yeah. So yeah, there are some moments where I really like really had to dig into that, that, that fight. Um, and physically coming out of it, I think when I couldn't lift my arm or have strength on that right side of my body, that, that was caused a little bit of depression for a little while. So I think just working through gentleness with myself in those moments and relearning how to take it slow. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? So are you at a hundred percent now? Would you say 80%, 90%? What would you think? Well, I have this cool little doohickey thing. I should show it to you guys. <laughs> it looks like a milkshake cup. Okay. And it's okay. So that I can measure my lung capacity and oh, my lung Oh, strength. all right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the bullet went straight through my right lung. So it yeah. fully oh. collapsed and filled with blood. But um, the human body is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I believe, aside from a little bit of scar tissue, that we're coming back on track with that guy. And um, it looks like my lung capacity is maybe average right now i should go on a hike and test it out uh you know take your time <laughs> you don't need to push it stay, right away stay in low altitude yeah, yeah low altitude maybe <laughs> yeah no doubt <laughs> well that hard. was one thing that i ended up doing right right as soon as i was cleared mm-hmm. um a, a really good friend of mine invited me into the andes in ecuador which as you know is the yeah. highest altitude in the world and i went there to see a medicine um spiritual community and I was a little nervous because I was like um what's gonna happen in this altitude but right. it was a really a really nice kind of breakthrough moment where I was like okay if I can handle this I think yeah. I'm I'm over I'm over the hump and now mm-hmm. it's just pushing forward honestly as you're telling this my heart is racing like this is <laughs> I, I'm sorry you had to go through that so unbelievable but I'm so amazed at how you've persevered and come out the other side. I can tell you I mean Obviously, this is our first one-on-one with you around this, but when your event happened, everyone surrounding the Letter Kenny and the Shorzy universe, we all stood still. Like it was, it was, it caught us all off guard. And obviously, we we only knew you through your role. And then anything that we've expanded, say, you know, look at how amazing she's here. Let's see what else is out there. But it 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 stopped us all in our tracks, and we're all following your journey, and we're so just amazing you're out the other side and is doing as well as you are so yeah, very grateful thank um, you so much for sharing nothing but love for your you. story with us mm-hmm. you're you're just so you're so inspirational you're so well spoken and so you're you're so moving just to to hear your story and to to hear about your life you are just you're incredible just incredible i want to give you guys some love and just a shout out because I'm really appreciative of how sensitive you are, um, the way you invite uh, a safe conversation about trauma. I think that being trauma informed is so important and um, just thank you for handling that so gently. I, I, I'm grateful to, to share a little bit with you on that. And also I gotta give some love to, to all the Shorzy community that, that gave me love during that time. Cause I did feel it. So thank you guys. I think I, <laughs> I think I said at one point they're making me cry like Shorzy during the national anthem. <laughs> that checks out. I just felt the love, yeah, so yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, I hope you did because uh, yeah, it was all, it was felt all around here too. So, let's get to happier stuff now, shall we? Let's talk about Shorzy. This is the paid ad. Yeah, this is a paid content. People are here to listen to Shorzy, and we've taken half of the time uh, getting here, but it was all worth the journey. 
how this is, you know, your first acting job was in 2020. How do you get into Shorzy? Bro. <laughs> oh, I already like where this yeah. is going. All right. Bro. I'm settling in. I'm settling yeah. in. Uh, okay. So I think it was, well, it was definitely summertime. I'm going to say June, mm-hmm. June before we started filming season one, which we did in November that year. Um, June, I get this email casting call as per usual. Uh, and I read the sides and I'm like, the fuck is an aqua dump? <laughs> Actually, though, that was the and I was like, "This is genius," and and the material is just so fun. Like Jared's writing, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I just I just sent in a tape, and um, I had so much fun taping it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, then I went outside to play in the sun with my friends, and I kind of just you know you let it go, you try to forget about it because right. if you get your hopes up. It's never, yeah. <laughs> it's never a good thing, but, um, I mean, yeah, I just, uh, it felt really natural. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, um, <laughs> I don't want to say that I'm a hard ass cause I'm really not in real life, but for some reason it was just, it was just a really enjoyable character to, mm-hmm. to get to know through the audition process. And, um, Yeah. I got a call pretty soon after that from Kara. Shout out Kara. Shout out yes. to Kara. Uh, being like, we want you on the team. Amazing. We loved your audition. And uh, I was like. <laughs> so be like, seriously, I'm in. <laughs> yes, yeah. Did you have any inkling? I mean, about Letterkenny before. Uh, I mean, Letterkenny had a lot of accolades for the, re- the representation of the of indigenous uh culture uh thanks to Kenneth Horn and 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 guys like Bradley Trudeau and Dylan Cook who we've we've interviewed with them and and they've they've all said the same thing they've treated it properly and 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 they love the way it was done did you know about any of that before shows that came along was it anywhere on your radar it was on my radar mm-hmm. um because i had friends within community that were super connected and dialed in with it um mm-hmm. and just talking about how legendary it is so that was that was pretty wild. Um, I also have like a couple really like standout memories of, you know, post club nights going home at like 3 a.m. And that's right. what you yeah. <laughs> you put on. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I love it when things come full circle. Mm-hmm. I, I, I um, yeah, I don't know what more I can tell you. It just it just was one of those really organic things that I'm really grateful for. And it's been such a learning process, um, being able to be beside Jared, um, get to know Dio, uh, working with all the guys and, and, um, and a team, like a crew behind the scenes that's been together for so long. That's Mm -hmm. just this well-oiled machine. Um, it's really nice to be introduced to the rhythm of that world in that way. So what was your, your first encounter with them? Was it like a meet and greet with Jared or did you get thrown right in on set? Like what was your first encounter when around the show, but beyond Kara saying, Hey, do you want to come out? So, okay. There's a couple little intersections here, which were really cool. Um, like which one comes first? <laughs> so I guess it would be, I was in LA for a dance contract and one of my buddies uh, was asking me, what's coming up next for you? And I was like, I just got on this cool new show. It's a spinoff of Letter Kenny. It's called Shorzy. Um, it's going to be hilarious. And he was like, what? No way. Shorzy? My friend's just booked Sanguinette. Ah, uh, Harlan. Nice. Harlan. <laughs> He's like, I should connect you guys. 
So Harlan and I got connected via a mutual friend uh, over Instagram before we got out to Sudbury. And so we were DMing and we were like, Hey, like nice to meet you and had a little kind of get to know each other moment. Um, so that was really, it was really comforting because to be able to go there and then know a buddy when mm-hmm. you're going into it yeah. was pretty yeah. sweet. Um, and he really is my guy. Like, <laughs> I love Harlan. Happy He's, birthday, Harlan. It was just Oh, that's birthday. right. Yeah, his birthday was. was a little while ago. Yeah, we spent a couple of fun nights with Harlan oh, so at uh, Station 84 oh, <laughs> last month. We mi- I think we missed you by a yeah. night. Yeah, probably. Uh, we were up there. We, we, we arrived the night before the wrap party mm-hmm. in Sudbury. We were up there for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, oh, I heard about your visit. Yeah, yeah. we totally missed ships in, ships in the night. Yeah. Which is, we were so upset because we were again we hadn't had any female cast members on so we were hoping to run into you and to Blair and and Tasia but uh, unfortunately yeah it wasn't meant to be but thankfully uh, to Jared and Kara for for uh, making the connection we, yes. we really appreciate yeah that. and I will say honored to be the first of, yes. of the ladies and and hopefully more to come for you guys Blair uh, Blair's or uh, yeah Blair's joining us on Monday so uh, yeah already... we we did we set that as like a podcast goal this year mm-hmm. we're yeah. like we need to celebrate the amazing women of these <laughs> yes, shows we absolutely. have to get them on this year so we girl power. We, yeah we're over the top <laughs> now it's just yeah, well the show does such a great job like just of how they how how they set women and 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 just it's it's it, I, I'm I'm speechless I'm so speak you're so well spoken and I'm so nervous. <laughs> they do do a great job. I think that was one of the things that drew me even more so in connection with the the character and and the the tr- the trio um, was just feeling like what a cool way. I mean, there's there's so many layers that Jared infiltrated with this kind of representation across the board and and one of the things that stood out to me was like you know how he kind of flips the stereotypes on its head and it's a strong group of women leading the gang yeah um it really brings me back to matriarchal roots in my in my community you know turning to those matriarchs as decision makers and it's kind of like a cool contemporary under the radar representation of Mm. of what that like of look what that looks like and what that feels like so yeah, I feel you on that. It's like really nice to see some strong female characters. Absolutely. Yeah. Miguan and Ziguan. Uh, I mean, I did a little research, and uh, those are two Ojibwe names. Miguan meaning feather, and Ziguan meaning spring. Is there anything behind that in terms of the characters that might? I mean, I can kind of see because because uh, Mig, her character is a little softer because you know she's got that relationship with with Sanguinettes, and and Zig's always the one you know yelling at Shorzy and, and insulting him. So I can see the feather part there for you, but I don't see the spring part there for her. <laughs> um, yeah. I love that you looked that up. Thank yeah. you for doing your homework. <laughs> I, I also was like getting familiar with Ojibwe mm. and wanting to get familiar with all the clues that I could gather from my character and who right. she is and what, what, you know, what she's all about. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm stoked that Miguan means feather. I really feel connected to that. Like my spirit feels like a little peacock feather. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's also really, really cool to see how, you know, from season one to season two, sort of like the the yin and yang of Megan Zieg and how, um, you know, you get a little, I'm not going to give any spoilers nope. away, I promise, but how, you know, they just kind of get a little deeper into their, into their 
relationship yang sides mm-hmm. of like zeke always and shorzy always going in on each other and meek still kind of staying true to that um how how would i describe it i would just say like a little bit more composed mm-hmm. um behavior and like choice of language right <laughs> I, did you know blair before um or was she somebody you met on set we met in Vancouver before we went to set because she had just moved to Vancouver. Oh, okay. So that was a, a cute moment because we were supposed to have an introductory meeting on Zoom with Jared and Jacob, the director. Mm-hmm. And we didn't tell them. We just kind of surprised them that we were going to do it together because yeah. I think at the time she didn't quite have the internet set up in her place yet. And so, um, so yeah, we also kind of like got sneaky. I invited her over <laughs> to my place. And then we had basically it was like a Zoom set up like this where right. it was them two on a on a window and then my window and they're like oh we should wait for Blair and then mm-hmm. we just did this cute thing where she like popped, popped up <laughs> nice. that's, that's great. awesome so what what was the I mean you already referred to you guys as the trio what, what was the dynamic like of the three of you and and, and as, especially as the show progressed and now we're into season two I know you can't tell us anything about season two but like <laughs> how is that a relationship of the trio evolved and yeah, what's talk about that? It's funny because I'm trying to check myself as I go to make sure I I'm bet not you are. We're, I, we, we, could, we could try to trip you, but we don't want to do that. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, I got a, I got a story for you about the tree, and then I got a story for you that that I didn't get to about the about the first meet and greet there with Jared at his house. But yeah. um, the trio dynamics, I mean, it just kind of fascinates me how on point they were with casting the three of us. Mm-hmm. We had a, a funny moment during season one where the three of us had a night off and we were in a taxi, either coming to a show or coming from a dinner or something like that. But we were in this taxi and the taxi driver was kind of giving us the runaround. And um, just in that moment, the way each of us handled the situation was hilarious because Blair got heated pretty quick. Right. So you're already in character. <laughs> she was trying to mediate and like get yeah. things. She was trying to, she was really trying to get a handle of the, of the situation, mm-hmm. get ahead of it. And I was just there kind of like quietly mm-hmm. <laughs> ready to mediate if right. necessary. Yeah. But it was just funny because we came out of it and we looked at each other and we were like, that just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, so t- I mean... I would say, what would I say about this trio? I think our characters really complement each other mm. in in terms of like the show, the story, the the underdog fight, and how we kind of manage these guys, these sluts. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't I don't know your ages, and I I know better than to ask, um, but I do know that Tasia is probably the more uh, experienced in terms of she's had a lot of more acting roles, especially she's on a big show, the one one hundred, right? Um, yes. So. Is she the one that you you kind of both look to for, you know, experience for for advice and stuff like that? There's a lot of mm-hmm. uh, that sharing going on for sure. Yeah, um, yeah really grateful for that uh, that component to be there in the dynamic. Um, it's great. It's great too because the team does move so fast mm-hmm. to have that sort of um, experience with Tass and and her just you know. Finding those those really nice teaching moments. Yeah, um, yeah. It's probably very calming of- to have her there, going, "Don't worry, you know, this is normal or whatever. We're going to get through this and that kind of thing." Right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or right. like reminding you to think of something that you maybe wouldn't have paid attention to, or mm-hmm. just you know, it's just um, like I said, a lot of absorption, a lot of absorption working with all of these pros. Right. Yeah. 
So I want I want first I want you to tell us your Jared story. You said right, yeah. the first meet and greet. I don't want to let you off the hook on that one. And then I've got a question after on the other true. side. Of, yeah, true, I'm not letting you off the true. hook. That sounded interesting. True. So we get to Sudbury. Yeah. And uh, they schedule a rehearsal. This is like the introduction of season one. Mm -hmm. So this is the first time we're all getting together in the same room. And when I say all of us, it was Jared, Jacob, the director, um, Tass, Blair, me, Harlan, mm -hmm. and of course, Ryan McDonald. Right. <laughs> Michael yes, never yeah. misses the Mark Michael. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we were just running a couple scenes to kind of get our chemistry on and just feel each other out and just get in, in, in into a good flow. And, um, yeah, it was just such a, a nice grounding way to begin the process because Jared has that nice place on the lake out there when we're, when we're shooting. So we ended up just sitting in his living room, looking out at the lake, running our first kind of group scenes. And the one that also stands out is when we're, um, <laughs> it must be like, there's so many favorites I have from season one, but the one where um, Michael's and, and uh, Shorzy are going at each other. He's talking to me. I'm not talking to you like that, right, that back yeah, and yeah, forth. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I mean, the chemistry off the bat was, was pretty great. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that was kind of the first taste we all had of each other in the mm -hmm. same room in person. Nice. Um, it was a great way to kick it off for sure. That's, that's amazing. Now you talked about the trio. I'm very curious about this one, flipping the whole script on this one. You clearly come a very artistic background. Now you're thrown into this world with a group of these jocks these hockey players like we we, we went to uh, base camp they have a whole trailer just as a gym so these guys can you know you know do their thing like what was your, like had you been around this this kind of environment with with these kind of guys before and what did you think of it and, and how did that work never <laughs> you know what's like, so funny like too? tr alone feels like he'd be a lot to to take in at first yeah, yeah. <laughs> So true. So true. Because I feel like we truly probably went from that read through at Jared's house into a night where he basically had a barbecue and all the boys got slopped and ran into the lake, mm -hmm. went skinny dipping at like 12 a.m. And Terry was just on a level, I will uh -huh. tell you. But um, yeah, no, the boys and the jock lives and that whole world. It's funny, too, because if we go back to the yin and yang, Blair shared with me a little bit. I don't know. You guys will get into it with her as well. But like there's a lot of <laughs> she grew up with brothers. They mm. went they hockey was a big part of their life. And right. for me, I grew up with sisters. I grew up in ballet class. Mm -hmm. And I will admit that I feel like I maybe tried to fit in more during interviews for season one being like, oh, yeah, I've been to a couple hockey games <laughs> and this kind of thing. But like ultimately, it was a shock to the system. Uh, and I had to do a lot of homework mm -hmm. because, because it was just not my world. Right. And, um, I will say that it was the best way to get introduced to it because the boys are like, are like the brothers I never had. Right. And, um, there is that similarity, that parallel, I would say, I think it's really nice because it's a line that, that it's one of those one liners from the show that really hits with me every time mm. kids in sports stay off the streets. Right. And for me, that was dance class. So I could really relate to sort of that, that safe space for kids to go or that thing that brings communities together mm -hmm. in an art sense, in the dance sense. Yeah. And you um, need that outlet, right? Mm -hmm. Something. Yeah. Yeah. So um, lots of a big learning curve, but it's been really great. I've, I feel much more at home season two with the guys. That's great. Yeah. I mean, if it means anything, I would have been in the same boat as you. Like the, the guys here on our show, they know I'm all go sports. Like it means nothing to me. So 
yay you put me on skates it's gonna be a joke it's yeah. not it's not gonna be anything pretty <laughs> right? that's the real kicker when they whenever the yeah all right we're, we're we're approaching the hour but i've got a bunch of listener questions so i'm gonna try to get through these as quick as possible if that's okay uh awesome. but first i have a comment from one of our listeners and one of our friends uh one of the nicest people you will ever meet she is a sweetheart and a true talent and that's from our buddy billy buttry uh, he uh, saw that you were coming on and he had to let us know uh, how nice, how good you were. And of course we knew, we knew that, but, uh, and I believe maybe Matt might have a few too. Yeah. So I reached out to a few people you might know. I got, I did get a couple responses. So uh, your boy, Max Buffard wanted to say, what's up? Peace, love and blessings from him. Sending all the love. Um, Ryan McDonald, I reached out to him and, and I asked him, do you have anything you want to say? And his response was very simple. He's like, she's an absolute gem. What else do you want me to add? So that's from Ryan McDonald. And I'm not going to say who this is, because if he's as confident as he is, I think you're going to know exactly. All I was told was to tell you Hakuna Matata. <laughs> who am I talking about there? I, I'm going to say Harlan. Yes. Oh. Yes. See? Okay. I assume there was a story there. He's like, she'll know exactly what I mean or what you mean. <laughs> we, we got the sense hanging out with Harlan that he preferred hanging out with the with the ladies than, than the jocks as well so I think he was more comfortable in your group than he was with with the, the hockey players oh I mean Harlan's one of us let's just yes, say that yes. Harlan's- yeah. he's a musician he, he loves his guitar so uh yeah for sure uh we have here a um, message from cinders 23 on Twitter please someone somehow let her know there were many many praying for her and her recovery if it isn't mentioned I just wanted to know uh, there were positive healing loving vibes energy surrounding her we love her and that's again from our friend cinders 23 on Twitter uh, question from our buddy Dennis Dennis Suter in the UK uh, do you stay on set when they're shooting the hockey scenes and if so Who's the best slut on the ice? I mean, you don't have to answer I love that. It. Go for I it. love it because yeah. I actually <laughs> probably annoy the shit out of them when I do hang around because okay. <laughs> I want to see, mm-hmm. I want to see them on their ice and on their game. Uh, so yeah, I do if I'm allowed and they're so great about having me there mm-hmm. um, sneaking around shadowing uh, Jacob. Uh, the best slut on the ice part. Ooh. I actually you can be I honest mean, here. It's okay. I'm going to go with most place. entertaining slut on the ice. Right. And I'm going to go with uh, 69 right there. Cause oh, I have this hilarious video. <laughs> oh, BTS of like, cause when they're in between takes, some sometimes they're just laying on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he was like doing these little push offs from the sideboards with his skates right. on his back. <laughs> it was pretty cute. Uh, he, uh, Dennis also asked if you, if you skate or play yourself now, you, you're not into hockey, but can you skate? Much appreciation for hockey and much appreciation for skaters no. would not dishonor the ice in that way. <laughs> I love how you spun that. That's good. You're, you're, you've had this question before, haven't you? <laughs> so you've kind of already answered this, but Mike from New Jersey uh, said that Tassia revealed on Terry Ryan's podcast that she had to learn everything about hockey when she got the role. Uh, so was it the same for you? And, and it sounds like it was pretty much the same for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steep learning curve. Uh, was it a lot of memorization or did you actually tr- take the time to understand what the, what the, the words meant? I think I'm still trying to understand what all the words mean, <laughs> but I think I've just embraced that this is going to be like a, a long-term journey for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of an ad hoc learn as you go thing. Right. Yeah. Um, d- differences between shooting in Sudbury in 21 versus 23. So yeah, I mean, first year you guys were in total lockdown. Uh, this this past year was a little more open, right? So, I mean, those are some differences there. But what else would you say? Um, I mean, the weather. 
Mm-hmm. We, were, we were there in the winter for season one and for season two, it was more on the cusp of spring. I think mm-hmm. when we got there, there was still some snow, but it was all melting. So for me, when I travel for, for work or any reason, really, I'm really, it's important to me to be in connection with the land. So I was, I was really grateful to be there during spring because I actually got to do a bit more exploring, went mm-hmm. on a couple hikes, went mm-hmm. to the nice. lake, gave an offering. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a great, great area for all that too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a nice change up. Uh, Kehlani and Blair do a great job of pulling off the annoyed sister role with subtle huffs and eye rolls and glances. Did that come naturally or was it something you guys had to kind of work on? Pretty natural. Yeah. (laughs) These questions are all from our buddy, Adrian, who's from Maine. So he, and he's, he himself is a hiker, so he'll he'll appreciate that you, you like your hiking. Um, Next question here from Tobias in Missouri. How did she get into, oh, we already asked about the, the acting, but he asked about your dream role. What would be your dream role? Ooh, um, a dream role. I think, I think right now it would be something, uh, there's a couple, there's a couple, it would be really dope to be able to infiltrate a superhero world. Mm. Nice. Um, man for it. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be really dope to do that. Uh, Western sound really fun to me just because of the idea of, of being able to, go be in a relationship with some horses and um, <laughs> pretend that I'm in another timeline. Right. Uh, but also just kind of any role that would let me, let me have an excuse to play with dancing or music. You mm-hmm. know, I wrote a script about a DJ. Um, I wanted to write a script about a ballerina. And I didn't uh, even mention your DJ and you're, you're, you're a DJ too. So we haven't <laughs> even talked about that. Is there, do you fight with Trevor risk over who gets to do the, 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 the what is it? A rap party? <laughs> you know what? Trevor was so sweet last rap party because he let me jump on the decks for a minute. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, I think it's all good. We talk mm-hmm. about DJing another day, but okay. I, I, yeah, dream roles. I think just, just any sort of any, I mean, yeah, I just went in so many different directions there for mm-hmm. you. I think no, the thing that matters to me is just having diversity in yeah. what I get to play with because it kind of, it kind of feels free flowing in a sense of not getting like pigeonholed or typecasted or anything like that. Like having a nice balance in the world and the humans and the humanity that I get to explore. Well, like I said, we've, we've interviewed uh, Bradley Trudeau, Dylan Cook, we've interviewed uh, Harlan now and a lot of the indigenous actors on the show. And there is for sure a lot more opportunity there with, uh, with shows like Reservation Dogs, with shows like, like uh, Shorzy and Letter Kenny and, and so many others. So there's a lot more opportunity there, which is great. But wouldn't you say that maybe eventually the best uh, sign that we're, we've gone past this is when you can get roles where the, the byline isn't indigenous, you know, it's just uh, Mary, you know, hundred percent. Um, you know, just sort of getting to that place where it's not such a fight for representation or voices and where you can, like, I come across it in the DJ world too. Mm -hmm. A lot of hype on, Oh, she's a girl DJ or she's a female DJ. And it's like, you know, you want the industry to get to a place where that's more natural, you know? So I think with acting, um, the same thing, just being a a girl or a a person, yeah. just mm-hmm. you know, I think that will that will feel nice as well. But I, and and I do recognize, you know, the importance 
of representation in that same breath. So more balance. For sure. Uh, Joy from Colorado wants to know what your order at Pepe Panini would be. <laughs> Joey from Colorado. I'm so mad or sad that I didn't get to go to Pepe Panini. Oh, during the day you did. for uh, a panini. Mm-hmm. I was there at night when it was a club, but oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I got to get back there during the day and order a panini. I, I would go with something with pesto, I think. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I think she, maybe you don't remember, I think she met Joey from Colorado. Wasn't he there the night before us? And said he I ran into you? I think so, yeah. He's one of the people from, yeah, from our party who, who we, uh, met you guys before you left, yeah. At Peddler's. I I think Joey. Yeah. Yep, I remember meeting them. So that was yeah. Joey. He also wanted to know, is there an actress uh, or actor that you really want to work with uh, in the future? Yes, many. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's, I'm never prepared for these questions. No? It's okay. like whenever anybody asks me what my favorite movie is, I should know my answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no such thing as, I mean, if you ask me, I love movies. I don't have a favorite. I, I, I spread it out into genres. I'm like, I could tell you like my favorites within comedy, within mm-hmm. action, but to hone in on one, no, not a thing. There's too much to love. Who would you want to dance with? Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of gave myself away with Beyonce on that one. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, a director that I admire that I've always wanted to work with is Ava DuVernay. Okay. Um, as an, as a, an actor, I would say there's so many um, strong Indigenous women that I really look up to right now. Jessica Matten is one of them. Mm. Um, Grace Dove is from my community and we've, we've worked on a few independent things before and to have an opportunity to work with her again would be so nice. Um, Yeah, I could, I could go down this road a lot, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I'm going to leave it there. Okay. Jeff from Maine, uh, this question here, you may have to fill us in on what this means. How, how did Aloha, Aloha Entertainment come about? What, what is Aloha Entertainment? So that was kind of, okay. Hey, Jeff, what's up? <laughs> Sorry, I had to collect my thoughts there for a minute because it's been a minute since I've revisited that Aloha mm-hmm. world. Aloha Entertainment was um, going to be sort of a, a reinstallment of a family um, dance dance group. Oh, okay. When I, was, when I was growing up, my mom and my sisters and I would, would share a traditional Hawaiian dancing uh, for special occasions up here. And, and we called ourselves the Hawaiian sisters. Mm-hmm. And then we took a pause when I left town because uh, I was down South and everybody else was still up in Clitley territory. Um, so we weren't living together or dancing together at the time. And then when we reconnected as grownups, uh, we were trying to see if, if that was going to kind of evolve with us. Mm-hmm. And um, I will say that uh sharing traditional music and dance for our family will always be really special, but I think that it's getting into a timeline uh, where we are um, just kind of sharing that more intimately and in a more grounded and traditional way where it's not so much for performance value and it's not so much commercialized. So I think um, just the relationship there is changing and it's, it's, um, it's on pause. Mm -hmm. It's great. Yeah, there's there's always time. You know, what, what, what would you call this? Or your bonus round, right? I mean, it's uh, this time, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Our our friend Gord from Toronto. He he asked. You've already answered this question, but he, I just wanted to shout him out that uh, if you were aware of Larry Kenny prior to Shorzy, which you you kind of were. Um, then uh, what do we have here? Who's this? This is Cassie. Cassie uh, is is one of our listeners who's proud proud Indigenous woman from Ontario. She wants to know. 
I mean, you've already talked about a bit of it about this, but you know your experience on, on with the indigenous representation on Shorzy. Can you speak to maybe some of the indigenous brands uh, that are used and to the importance of authenticity in the show? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, crew that does an amazing job of making sure we can can take every opportunity to to have that representation. Um, Ginger's the head of our wardrobe department. We and so her. she's always finding the most mm-hmm. wonderful pieces from the most wonderful local artists or indigenous artists from around and very inclusive if we have uh, things that we want to bring from our own closets or um, connections that we want to make there. So off the top of my head, I could name a few uh, indigenous owned brands and give them some love. So if ever, if anyone's interested out there, mm-hmm. we've got some uh, Monday May jewelry action. She does incredible beaded earrings. Section 35 is my guy, Justin, mm-hmm. uh, a clothing line that was actually just in the Met museum. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, I'm trying to, I'm going through Meeg's wardrobe in my head. as, as <laughs> talking. Um, what else do we have? What else do we have? Passage beating. We have, um, oh my gosh, I need to like look this up right now real quick while we're here. Well, yeah. Um, why, why are you looking at it up? If, if our other uh, co-host Victor were here, he would ask you about the turtle. And, and want to know what the significance is of the turtle. So do you have, yeah, he made sure to, to add that to the roster of questions. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. Mm. So that was a beaded ring. That's kind of Meeg's signature ring. Okay. And uh, I was so stoked when Ginger showed me that piece because there, it's, I'm sure all of you who, who watch the show have, have seen it uh, make an appearance, but it's this, it's like this beautiful, large beaded ring. That's got a turtle on it. Mm-hmm. And the significance of the turtle in indigenous culture is uh, it's huge. It is a representation of Turtle Island, right. which I'm not sure if you folks or anyone out there has heard um, that that's kind of the original name of, of this continent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it relates to a story, a creation story of this of this earth and how it came to be here. Um, so it's got you can look it up. Uh, Turtle Island, the creation story, I believe it's an Anishinaabe story mm-hmm. of how um sky woman falls from the sky and it's at a time when the earth is just water and so um they are falling 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 and then i think there's like four i'm gonna hopefully i'm gonna get this story right but there's four animals there's a muskrat uh, a turtle there's two more that are that are like water animals Mm -hmm. and she gets saved by sitting on turtle's back and the way that she's able to to kind of bring more life is if anyone is able to swim down to the bottom of the water and come up with some earth because mm-hmm. she's sky woman. She's a woman. She can make life so she could breathe life into the earth and create earth. So they each try to go swimming down as deep as they can. Nobody can go that deep. They keep coming up empty handed. And then Muskrat, who's not a very strong swimmer, he's like, I'm going to try. And everybody's like, oh, but you're not a very good swimmer. Are you sure? And he's like, no, I want to try. I want to do my part. So he goes down and he's gone for a really long time and he uh, comes floating back up to the surface. So he's like sacrificed himself, but mm. in his little paw, he's got some earth. And so sky woman takes the earth and she puts it on turtle's back and breathes life into it. And then turtle's back becomes the earth that wow. we're on right now and because she's sky woman. She honors muskrat for his sacrifice and breathes life back into him as well. So it's just this really beautiful yeah. creation story mm-hmm. um, that comes from indigenous roots and, and shows to me uh, just kind of like sacrifice, reciprocity, respect, and like 
symbolizes yeah. our creation together. So that was an amazing story. Thank, thank you for sharing that. The one thing that blows my mind, and, and so Turtle Island, is it also representative of like North America does kind of look like a turtle. Is that, that's not an accident, right? That's part of it. Right. It's Am I true. right? It blows okay. my mind because if you okay. look at it from like above, it looks like a turtle and you can see his little tail, but I'm like, which is Mexico. Yeah, like Mexico's like tail. Yeah, right, yeah. So that's that. the part I'm getting at, which is mind blowing to me. Like <laughs> way before Google Earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of years, yeah. It's so true someone, though. How did someone or like that that's the the, the mind blowing part of it? How mm-hmm. did someone still already put that together in these stories of creation that you know you could see today? It's it's amazing. It's so cool. I honestly, that is my question also. <laughs> yeah. How did you do that? <laughs> divine. They're divine. It's exactly. Awesome. It's got to be. It has to be. And it's absolutely checks and I love it. Cassie's going <laughs> to love that you you told that story. Uh, she's just one last question from Cassie. Uh, what message or advice do you have to, to give to uh, young indigenous individuals who want to get into acting? Mm. <laughs> Your voices are so valued and valuable. There is space for them. And... I think that your courage to show up in these spaces is so needed and so appreciated. Mm -hmm. Great, great advice. Uh, Casey from Virginia, what has been the toughest life lesson you learned so far and who is the person whose presence has been the most transformative in your life and why? So that's a big question. Uh, Feel free to to answer. Left the hard ones for the end. Yeah. Sorry about (laughs) that. Thank you so much. I'm going to try to give these in like, uh, very clear mm-hmm. forms because I, I know you were on the or on the 11th hour but like I love these questions mm. um can you say the first one again the first uh, toughest life lesson you've learned so far toughest life lesson mm. everything is perfect oh. literally everything is exactly how it's meant to be even the shittiest shittiest parts like I think that was a lesson that I embraced after last summer and after the incident you know, I wouldn't be on the path that I'm on right now if I wouldn't have gone through that hardest moment. And I'm really grateful to be on the path that I am now because I'm at home reconnecting with family I never knew before, learning stories that I've always wanted to learn. So I think, yeah, everything is perfect. Very good. Uh, the second part of that, I'm actually going to combine with with Erin from Chicago because she's a teacher and her question is, is the same. What is the best advice you've received on set? But more importantly, what educators inspired you the most? Oof. Best advice I've received on set, breathe, mm-hmm. breathe. Uh, it kind of lets you slow down. It kind of lets you be in, be in your body and be in your truth. Um, it can be such a, a hectic, chaotic space to be in, and you don't want to be the one holding up the show. So sometimes it feels like I got to go, or I got to make right. this tight or short. And that just makes you Mm-hmm. get so small but really what it's about is that breath and that exploration and that life so i think breathe was the a really a, the standout one mm-hmm. and then um educator what was the second part? Sorry. Te- your teacher educator or the teacher that inspired you the most Ooh! right now mm-hmm. it is uh kekuhi uh kanaka ole she they are uh a traditional chant um a Kanaka Maoli uh, voice from Hawaii. And recently I've been studying oral tradition and oral histories in relation to contemporary forms of storytelling. And uh, they, they speak to storytelling and expression through the arts mm-hmm. as communion with humanity and uh, the natural world. 
And I think that that, that, that lesson really, really resonates with me. It stands out with me. And I carry that with me a lot when I'm, when I'm thinking about the work that I do. Amazing. All right. Final question. And this one, I ask everyone who comes on uh, because our friend awesome, she is the moderator over at the, on the letter Kenny and Shorzy reddits. And she wants, she asks everyone we interview if they would do an AMA on Reddit and ask me anything. Are, are you aware of what those are? I am no. Basically, you, you, you make yourself available for I think it's an I hour, either, an so hour, worry. and people ask you questions and you answer them on Reddit. Like you, you just yeah. type them out. So it's just it's written, a, written, oh yeah, yeah I'm good. super down. Yeah, Let's okay. go. Excellent, cool. So I'll, I'll connect you with Awesome uh, uh, with your with her details, and then she'll reach out because she's had uh, all the like us. She's had a bunch of cast members on, but I'm sure she'd love to have you on as well. I would love that. Okay, great. And my only final question is, do you have anything you want to promote or, or, or shed light on that we can, you know, amplify here for you? I do mm-hmm. right off the cuff. Thank you for that question. And this uh, platform, Plately 2, Two Rivers Water is the translation of that phrase. Plately is the two rivers and water, water is two in our language. Mm-hmm. I started a campaign uh, in support of reclamation of our drinking water on the reservation out here, uh, not only as obviously a basic human right, but Mm. also as a form of cultural reclamation. Uh, I'm just in the baby steps of bringing that campaign to the world because the first step for us was to get community uh, approval, uh, permission, and and, um, and now that I have that, I'm just getting ready to share the story with the world. So I will share some links with you on that later yes, on. Please do, um, yeah, please. And that that will be a project that's really close to my yeah, heart. Yeah, tag us on anything, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll happily share it around. And I will also because uh, for the Indigenous listeners and the non-Indigenous who are familiar with the Three Sisters, corn beans and squash. I would be remiss if I did not give some shout out and some love to my to my two siblings who are my we are the corn beans and squash for each other. Uh, so if you are interested to hear, like, I just have to tell you, like, they're part of me. They're a reason why I do what I do. They teach me so much. Uh, Kealoha is a musician. Uh, I am Kealoha.ca, or I think it's just Kealoha.ca. Her, uh, debut album is coming out this year. And my other sibling, Tiare, uh, is an incredible visual artist. And so I just, you know, I got to give them some love. I, I saw a couple of uh, Kayla's uh, videos on your production company's website, which uh, mm. looked great. The music's amazing. So definitely uh, we'll, we'll share that out. Um, Matt, do you have any f- final questions? Yeah, I just, I mean, I ask everyone this mm. and I often phrase it slightly different, but I mean, us doing what we do, we, we believe the letter Kenny ensures you so much more than just, you know, your standard show that would the impact and the, the, the spread that they're having um, from a whole different walks of life around the world. Like we have listeners as far as Australia, like people love these shows from your perspective. What is it meant to be a part of this, to be a part of Shorzy? I really couldn't have said it better than, than you just said it. Like it's, a, it's incredible to see the reach uh, and the response from audiences that this show gets like going through the dms on some days and seeing how people are impacted and and just hearing like the inspiration or the hope that it gives them on a bad day mm-hmm. um those stories and those messages i'm so grateful for and i'm i'm i can't i can't be surprised because it comes from the heart and because being there feels like such a such a truth like truthful exploration of like a fight for the underdog Mm -hmm. and i know so many people can relate to that fight as the underdog 
you know, I, I definitely didn't grow up in a lot of privilege. So for myself and knowing, knowing what I want to bring home to community and how I want to help uplift and, and uh, just seeing the ways that we can do that through our arts, through our stories. I think, I think it couldn't be a better introduction to this world and to this work. Thank you so much. And I I know Al's going to wrap us up here. So I just want to say, and then Tanya go, Thank you so much. You're an absolutely beautiful human. And I so appreciate you bringing your authenticity today. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this this was just an amazing hour. And I wish we could chat with you all day because <laughs> you're a fascinating individual. Mm-hmm. So thank you for coming out. Thank you for having me. It's yes. been great to share this time and these stories with you. Masicho. Thank you so much for sharing your stories, your life, your your experiences with us. Uh, it's, it's just been so wonderful to listen to you and and uh, to hear you speak about everything. So inspiring, so moving. Um, it, it's just it's been so lovely to speak with you. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us. Thank you, Tanya. I echo my co-host's uh, gratitude. Thank you so much. And I reached out to you uh, earlier and asked you if, if there was a song you'd like us to play out, us out with. And uh, I love your pick. <laughs> I love this pick. I can't wait to, to play this. So here we go. Mm-hmm. We are going to play us out here with Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. And that's all we have for this episode. Don't forget, you can use a promo code PROTESTAN for 20% off purchase at diabolicalcoffee.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or become a patron. You can also follow us on most social media outlets at PROTESTANPOD. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of Kaylani, Tanya, Matt, and myself, thank you for listening. Have a great week. <laughs>